Everybody excited? Yeah. No one. Mike talked a little bit about finances and then said Doug's going to share a lesson. I, people started getting out their notebooks and their pens and their papers. They wanted to make sure they didn't miss a thing, man. Get all these notes down. Go ahead, go ahead and hold them up. You guys that have your pens and your notepads and see? I told you, you think I'm making this stuff up. You know, you can't make this stuff up. But if you don't have any uh, pen and paper, I would encourage you, just as a general rule, uh, to always bring pen and paper to church, every church service, to every midweek. And, uh, you know, just jot down a few notes because, uh, you know, you want to be able to go back over those and God will be able to even show you new things as you're going over those. And so I really want to encourage you to do that. I know it's something um, certainly in our earlier history, it just kind of was standard, right? You know, everyone, you know, if you didn't have it, somebody always have something there for you. And if you didn't bring a pencil and a paper or pen and paper it was because you forgot not because that's not what you did and so I just want to encourage you to really get back in the habit of taking notes at church and um, um, no one's going to look down on you if you don't and if you didn't bring something tonight don't no worries just in the future you know start bringing that and, and uh, I, I think it also shows a great sense of, of uh, you know I, I don't come just to hear what they say and then go home I really want to learn I want to retain this stuff and so I want to encourage you with that amen but uh, Mike share a little bit about it you know um, it's been uh, significantly challenging uh, since the summer hit. We were doing, um, uh, we had a few issues early in the year financially. We came out of that, you know, brilliantly. Uh, church was giving in, in a great way, and then summer hit. And we've been averaging, you know, some of you looked, I mean, you know, some of our friends have come up to Angela and I and said, we've been looking at this, we're concerned, you know, are we okay here? And then Steve uh, Lounsbury had some of the single leaders, uh, brothers, come up to him recently and say, we're very concerned about this. These numbers are very low, you know, and, and uh, uh, we had a plan to do this this autumn anyway, a uh, somewhat of a financial teaching and workshop and some quiet times. And we're going to be emailing uh, about a couple weeks of quiet times out to you. Uh, they're not just about that, but they're about stewardship and the whole overall overall thing we planned on doing. And certainly, I guess the Lord, you know, saw this coming. And uh, so we put that on our hearts that we would uh, wait until the autumn to do that. And as you know, summer is over. And so uh, the autumn is here. And so, uh, uh, but you can see there at three or $4,000 a week uh, coming up short our budget is 18 and a half i believe is what it what it is and we've been averaging probably 15 over the last you know 15 20 weeks and so you can kind of you know you do the math and you begin to realize wow that's that's really putting a hit and so um uh, i hope you understand the spirit which we share this uh it's always a challenge to be a minister of a church and talk about money uh, i know sometimes people think it's really easy for us and we just like talking about it and you know uh the money doesn't go directly in our pockets certainly it, it, it helps pay our salaries and everything that goes into building the church but i hope you know the spirit uh, of uh, of the ministry staff here um if you think we're greedy or whatever, definitely, you know, we want to talk to you about that and you share with us what you see or whatever, but we really want to have a great heart in our own lives about money, about being great stewards, and uh, we do help each other with those things, we talk about those things, nothing's off limits, um, and so uh, I just want to reassure you of that, but I also, I, I really want to help you understand the spirit which we share this, we we want the church to grow, I know you do, I have no doubt about that, overall, um, um, you're, you're a very sacrificial church, I mean, you need to hear that, because we, we've, we've seen other 
other situations in our movement, even in our very own L.A. church, where, you know, year after year you've consistently given, and we haven't had to lower, not only have we not had to lower our budget, we've been able to raise it, and uh, we desperately need someone to lead in our Latino ministry. Uh, we need funds to be able to do that, and certainly the trend we're having now is putting us further from that instead of closer. We have other ministry needs where we'd love to be able to hire uh, uh, some people there, and, uh, you know, I mean, Guillermo and Pamela, you know, and all the other Latinos that are in that ministry, they, they, they work their tails off, you know, trying to grow that ministry, but, you know, they're driving to and from Orange County every day and coming back and trying to lead their, you know, it's just a lot of work. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of energy, and uh, more monies allow us to be able to do things that we can't do at this point in time. So that's the spirit. We're sharing it. Um, I know most of you know that. I just really want to encourage you with that. And as always, any questions, concerns, or whatever, please talk to us. I encourage you even to talk to us more than, you know, amongst yourself if, if you don't have right answers. I'm not saying don't talk to each other, but make sure you let us know what you're thinking and what you're feeling because we want to do things right in the sight of God more than anything else. We want God to glorify. We want to make sure that we're doing everything we can do to build God's kingdom. Amen? Amen, Amen church? Amen. Um, you know, one of the kind of scariest quotes I've ever heard, some of you heard it too, but um, it goes something to the effect of the way we handle our money is perhaps the truest indicator of the spiritual condition of our heart. So the way we handle our money, and not, not just the way we give to the Lord, although that's certainly how we handle it, but the way we handle our money, our money in general is perhaps one of the truest indicators of where our spiritual or where our heart is at spiritually. And you've heard all the things, you know, Jesus talked more about money than he did heaven and hell and all those things, but... You know, there are over 500 references in the Bible to prayer, uh, uh, almost 500 references to faith, but there are more than 2,000 references to money and possessions. Um, out of the parables, Jesus gave 38 in the, in, in the four Gospels. 16 of those are about money and possessions. So almost half the parables that Jesus taught were about money and possessions. Um, Certainly, Jesus said, you know, or one out of one out of every ten verses in the Gospels deals with money or possessions. Two hundred and eighty-eight verses in the four Gospels. And so, you know, you say, well, why do you say that? What, well, the point is, obviously, God thought it was really important, and He just talked about it over and over and over and over and over and over again in the New Testament. And I think if we're, if we're really just honest with ourselves, well, we know why. Was it because Jesus was concerned that, you know, the church wouldn't have enough money? Was it Jesus concerned that he wouldn't be able to eat? Was it No, the, the point Jesus was concerned about was our hearts. Right. Jesus was concerned that, that, that you and I, you know, would lose sight of what really matters. That you and I would, would put our hope in money. How many of you, you know, have ever been in a situation where you were doing a lot better financially uh, than maybe you are right now? Okay? See, I've been in the ministry all my life, so it's just the same for me. Um, but some of you know what that's like. And some of you, hopefully, you can raise your hand and go, I'm doing the best I've ever done. Um, I know I don't want to make you raise your hand because then everybody will be all over you. Um, <laughs> um, can you hook a brother up? Right? I mean, amen. Amen. Um, but you know that if you think back to those times, I mean, you know, it's funny because when you were in those times, you know, life was good in a sense, but you still had problems. There were still issues. You, you know, your kids weren't doing what you hoped they would do, or your marriage wasn't as good as you hoped it would be, or this, or there's always different things. And so, you know, but, but, of course, once we get into financial difficulties, then we always, we look back and we go, man, it was so good then. Why can't it be like it was? But really, in some ways, we're saying, I should have been more grateful then. And sometimes that, 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 that's, that's what we can see is that maybe I should have been more grateful then, right? And um, 
But God talks about that so much because it's such an issue in our lives. And I just want to read, you know, several scriptures. Uh, how many of you guys were able to attend um, Crown Financial three years ago? Okay, how many of you guys thought that was really good? Okay, how many of you guys would advise anybody any time to go to that? Okay, how many of you guys who, who, who went to that, you know, would never go again? See, nobody. I mean, it, 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 we, we loved it. You know, it was such a, a well-done thing, but it, it was a full day where we talked about nothing but money. And you know what? The people who went, nobody had a problem with it. Nobody had an issue. Nobody felt suspicious. Nobody, because it was just biblical. You know, now when they tried to do the, you know, the salvation part of it, we, we took over there for 30 minutes and said, you don't need to do that part. We'll, we'll handle that ourselves. And then, so, and, and we did. We handled that ourselves. And uh, you guys went there saved and you left there saved. So that's a beautiful thing for you. Um, but the rest of it was just fantastic. Fantastic. You know, and so um, I want to uh, share some of the things from that. Look over in your Bibles in Deuteronomy chapter 10. And we're going to go through uh, several verses here, okay? Is that okay with you guys? I do uh, bring you greetings back from the Sacramento Church. Had a great time there. Um, um, but, uh, no, you really do. You know, some of you, like, we go to other churches sometimes and we, we see cool things and we go, oh, we need to do that. I remember Rick went to church in Atlanta or someplace back in the south. He said, they were really good at this and other people said this church. But mostly, you know, we just miss being at home. You know, it's like, you know, for the most part, we, we, we know that we don't have it all figured out, but we know what's going on here. We like what's happening here. Most of the people, quite honestly, guys, that, that visit our church, they love it. You know, I mean, I think maybe we, I can take it for granted sometimes, and, but somebody will come visit and they'll go, man, I wish I could bottle this stuff and take it back home. And I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, you're, that's right. It is awesome here, isn't it? You know what I mean? But it's easy when you're in the middle of it. You're going, you know, we've been doing this or that for a while. We're supposed to do something, you know, and we need to change things up occasionally, which is good. But I think that's what Mike was sharing earlier. We need to be really grateful for what God has given to us. You know, and, and I think what God has given us is each other. I mean, we, we've got so many areas that we can grow in. There's no doubt about that. But we're such a great church. God has blessed us so richly and, and, and with each other. And, you know, the boundary lines have fallen in sweet places, you know, for us. And I hope you feel that way. Um, and, and whatever you have that you think will make it better, uh, I know you'll let us know. But in Deuteronomy chapter 10 and verse 14, the Bible reads, To the Lord your God belong the heavens, even the highest heavens, the earth, and everything in it. Now look in Psalm 24.1. Psalm 24.1. And if you want to just write them down and not try to turn, because we're going to go to several passages tonight, that's totally fine as well. But Psalm 24 and verse 1. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. For he founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? So it says the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Earlier he established the, the heavens and the skies and the seas. And So who does everything belong to? Who, who, who owns my possessions? So if God owns my possessions... Right? Who owns my house? Huh? Well, no, the, you guys, the church, I didn't tell you, but you guys bought my house, so I own that. But, no, I'm kidding. Okay, the Lord owns my house, and who's second in line to the Lord? Me or the bank, right? Bank of America, right? B of A. 
You know, it's funny. They own my house, but I don't think they really paid for it. I, who did they give the you know the two hundred the two hundred fifty grand to? You know, who they, I, who gets that? I need to. I want to learn more about banking, but some other time. Because um, I know they own my house, I just don't understand. Did they write a check to somebody, or you know? Because the last house I owned, it was like went through four different mortgages or whatever. You know, it's like next, by the time I went to sell, I don't even know who I'm paying my checks to. You know, it's like. Kevin knows. He'll explain it to me after church, I'm sure. So, But, you know, God says, look, it's all mine. And I think that's so easy for me to forget that this stuff isn't mine. It's my car, my house, you know, my yard, my, you know, it's really God's. And I have to remind myself. I have to be reminded by other people. I have to, you know, we need to be reminded by people preaching, right? That's why God says we need to hear preaching. We need to be reminded of, of different truths. And so it's all God's. But we have to ask ourselves, do we really live every day knowing this is God's stuff? I'm just a steward of what God has given me. So I really want us to, you know, over the next several days, as, we're, as you get these quiet, quiet times, to really prayerfully evaluate your attitude of ownership toward your possessions. You know, do we consistently recognize that it's God that owns those, possess, those, those possessions? Amen? And maybe even sometimes we can visualize God actually giving us our paycheck. Or God, you know, because it's, it's coming from Him. Amen, church? We know that's true. Look in First Chronicles 29. First Chronicles 29. 11 and 12. Thanks, Rick. Um... Let's start in 10. David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly, saying, Praise be to you, O Lord, God of our Father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor, for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, O Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. I'm going to read to you Psalm 135.6. You want to write that one down. Okay? These are great verses, aren't they? Psalm 135 and verse 6. The Lord does whatever pleases Him. <laughs> Sometimes that can be said of all of us, right? Well, Doug just does whatever pleases Him, you know? And that wouldn't be a good thing if that were said about me or you. But when it's said about the Lord, it's just how it is, right? The Lord does whatever pleases Him in the heavens and on the earth, in the seas and all their depths. So what do these verses say about God and His control? That God is all-powerful, right? He truly is omnipotent. It's not just a cool word. It's, it's true. God is omnipotent. I mean, he, He's in control of everything. He controls it all. And we need to really understand that. That God does, according to this verse, whatever He pleases. And you know what's cool? Because sometimes in that attitude, you know, we, like I said, it's something we talk about someone doing whatever He pleases. It's not necessarily a positive connotation. But we know, so sometimes we can transfer that to God, and when we read something where it says God does whatever He pleases, we might even go, see, I don't know if I feel good about that. that you know what? And yet, because we forget that God is good, that God can't do anything wrong or bad or negative, because God is God. Yes? How many of you know that God is good? Amen? And uh, um, I'm, not, I'm not asking you how many, how many of you feel every second of every day how good God is. We don't always feel it. 
But we know it's true, yes? How many of you know that? Show me again. See, God is good. And so whatever God does, when He does whatever pleases Him, we need to be at peace with that. And we've been talking, you know, uh, we told you that Mike and John were at a, you know, important meeting for the L.A. Church, you know, a couple weeks ago, up in the mountains with the brothers up there just praying and asking God for wisdom. And we've been talking about it, and what we've figured out is that, you know, you'll be shocked about this, but everyone on staff has their own opinion. And some of those guys in that room, I won't say who, have strong opinions. Okay? And it wouldn't be fair, Carrie is in the other room, and so I don't even, I'm not going to name names. Um, but you know, we're, but what we're all trying to come to is, it's like, okay, look, whatever it is, we have to trust God. We talked about that this morning. You know, Mike did a little lesson. We, we got to trust God. We got to know that God's going to do whatever He pleases. And whether it works out best for this person or that group or this, it's, that's how God wants it. And I'm, I'm a big, you know, maybe because I'm an orphan or whatever it is, but I have this, you know, equity issue. Things need to be fair. And I know life's not fair, but I don't like it when, when Christians say, hey, life's not fair, get over it. Well, no, I mean, if it's not fair because we're doing it, you know, that's not. But yet on the other hand, it's like, it's, like, it's not about being fair. It's about righteousness. It's about justice. It's about sin and good and evil versus right and, and God being in control. And that's what we've got to be at peace with. That, you know, and, and ultimately, I, I usually find that it may take me a longer time than others, but usually I can get there. Like, you know, at the end of the day, and that's kind of how I feel, feel much more resolved about just whatever, you know, it's, I just got to trust God. Because God is good and God loves me. Right? And so, right? God loves me, right? I mean, you think? You're pretty convinced that God loves me, right? Right? Sylvia, God, right? Okay. Because <laughs> when you don't smile, I don't know. What are you thinking? Um, even me. <laughs> yeah, that's got to make the rest of you feel pretty good, right? You're like, you know what? I just feel a lot better. God does love him, and if he loves him, <laughs> God really is good or blind or something. Amen. <laughs> but do we always recognize that, that God is in control of all events? Right? If we're honest, most of us have wrestled or do wrestle at times when, quote-unquote, bad things happen to good people or bad things happen to who, what we might deem or whom we might deem, deem to be innocent people. But we can wrestle with that, right? And that's where it's really good to stay in our scriptures and to read books about, you know, when, when bad things happen to good people. And all, to, to really get an understanding that even through the, God is in control of all that. And that's where a lot of people that don't believe in God really can struggle, right? So God is in control of the typhoon that wipes out. God is in control of the guy in the airplane that, you know, misunderstanding. And that's not really what tonight's lesson is about. But it's a great study to really try to figure out, okay, what's the difference between God allowing things and causing things? Because sometimes God causes things, right? Other times God just allows things. We don't always understand why. And the reality is, you know, sometimes I heard people say, well, once we get to heaven, we'll understand it all. I'm not so sure that's true, because I think once we get to heaven, we won't care. And not because we're bad-hearted. It just, it won't matter. The, the stuff we don't know now that drives us crazy, we won't even, we won't care. Right? It's like when you're in a lot of pain and, and someone, you know, does something or you, you get an injection or legally get something, you know, and, and the, pain, the pain goes away. You're not sitting there, you're not sitting there going, now why did that happen? A minute ago, I was in severe pain, and not, what just took place inside, you know, we, we're just like, oh, thank you, Jesus, right? I kind of think that's how heaven's going to be. All these things that drive us crazy and worry us and, and you know, cumber. 
we're going to be in heaven and not be worried about it. But do we really understand? I mean, I, I, I know that if I ask you to say amen, if you understand God's in control, you'll say amen. But do we really live that way? See, that's what I have to think about is, okay, I know that's true, and I'll preach it to you. Don't mess with me, Jim. God's in control of everything, all right? But am I living that way every day? Do I, do, when, when things don't go my way, do I stop and go, well, I know God's in control. I'm, I'm just think maybe you're not letting him control you right now, brother. Um, right? We've got to help each other, but we've got to, at the end of the day, recognize that God's in control of all events. And that God is good. And that's the only way to, to, to reconcile this stuff is that God is good. We will not waver on that. God is good. God loves us. We're the apple of his eye, the apple of creation. You know, we're, we're everything in God's eyes. And so God is good. And so even when bad things happen, God is still good. And he's in control. And therefore, there's something we don't know. Someday we'll understand. Even when we're going through difficult things, we know that God's in control. And if if for no other reason you're going through that, so that when you do finally come out on the other side, you'll be a comfort to people that you could have never been otherwise. You'll be a light to people. You'll You'll be a hope to people. You'll be a sense of reason. You'll be, with those lessons you've learned, you'll be able to share. And people won't be able to say to you, well, you don't know what it's like. Right? And, you know, I, I know that, you know, I was gainfully employed for, you know, many years and then, you know, had about a year to a year and a half where I wasn't and really didn't make any money and had to live off, you know, um, what was then sterling credit. And, and, you know, that got eventually got nuked and debt, you know, raised up. And, you know, I had a lot of debt. You know, some of you, if you own a house and you have kids, you, have, you can imagine trying to live a year off credit versus money. You know, you know how fast that can add up. And so we had the financial thing, and this really helped me, this stuff, guys. That was like three and a half years ago, and now we're out of debt. I mean, you know, it, 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 it's almost a miracle. But it takes a lot of, you know, heart. I mean, Mike can tell you, we fought about it. Oh, well, what do you think of this? What do you think? We wrestle with this stuff. But we have to, at the end of the day, realize that God's in control of it. Look over in Genesis 45. You're like, sounds like he's preaching to himself tonight. <laughs> Sometimes we got to do that, right? Genesis 45, verses 4 through 8, we'll read here. Then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph. The one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now there has been famine in the land and for the next five years there will not be plowing and reaping. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? This could have been prophesied to us about three years ago in our country, right? But God sent me ahead of you to preserve you, for you, a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then it was not you who sent me here, but God. He made me father to Pharaoh, lord of his entire household, and ruler of all Egypt. And of course you're very familiar with Romans 8 and verse 28, right? Basically, no matter what happens to the godly, God will bring something good out of it. No matter how difficult a trial, how difficult a situation, God will bring something good out of that. This verse, Joseph is explaining to his brothers, he's saying, look, there's a terrible thing happening in the land. 
And it seems, you know, where is God in this? Right? You have to know that the Israelites must have been, they're not only in, you know, um, um, they're not in bondage yet, but, but they're, they're, they're at the point now where they're starving. And they've been serving and loving God. And, you know, of course, their father, you know, Jacob, Isaac, you know, and Abraham is in their land. They're, they're thinking, they can't figure it out. They don't have an answer. Have you ever been in a situation that you just can't figure out what's going on? This doesn't seem right. This doesn't seem like a God of love. Right? We felt that way, yes? And so you can imagine, they must have felt that way. And, and, and Joseph was kind of explaining, he said, God did this so that there could be a great deliverance. And that's beyond us too. We're kind of like, well, I don't need a great, just give me a little deliverance, right? But no, he's saying, God wants to do something great. And here we are, you know, thousands of years later. Still preaching about and talking about what God did, how, you know, Joseph and Mike did a great lesson on it several months ago. But, you know, it, there's no way to, to, to see God in that. He gets sold into slavery by his brothers who were really going to kill him. But then they decided we won't get any money if we kill him. Let's sell him. So, they, you know, and then he gets sold into slavery and then the whole thing at Potiphar's house. And then he gets thrown in the dungeon, you know, and, and, and then the cupbearer, you know, gets out and says, don't worry, I'll get you out here by tomorrow, basically. And forgets, you know, and he's in there for two more years. And you're like, where is God? But Joseph, the guy who went through all that, at the end of it all, said, look, God, you, you meant it for harm, but God meant it for good. And God puts this in the, in the Scripture so that you and I, when we're going through it, we can take comfort and courage from this. Because we know if God's not, that's the same God today, yes? And so God may allow bad things to happen in our lives today for a great deliverance. You're right? And some of us are going, Doug, that sounds great. Therefore, I must be set up for a miracle. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that may be the case. But Romans 8, 8, 28 says, if you stay spiritual through this, something good will happen. And that sometimes we're so focused on ourselves. Sometimes it's good things will happen for other people. And we've got to be able to see that, too. Sometimes it's not always going to, you know, good things or the best things may not come to us, but because of what we're going through, somebody else might be greatly blessed. And we have to, in a sense, learn to mature in our faith where we go, that's just as good. But that's a struggle, isn't it? We're like, really, him? Wow, Lord. What do you see that I don't see? I thought, you know, come on. I mean, what am I doing here, right? And the staff should definitely feel that way because, kidding, I'm kidding. But we all feel that way sometimes. But God is moving. God is doing something. And, and, and Joseph reminds us of that. And Paul reminds us of that when he writes to the church in Rome and says, Look, if we're spiritual through this, something good will come. A blessing probably to you. And, and, and maybe, maybe not, but definitely to somebody. Something good will come out of this. But I think our experience tells us that even through our difficult trials, something good usually happens for us. You know, had I not went through the hardest time of my life, I wouldn't be here. And just so you know, to me, it's a good thing to be here. That's how I feel. I feel blessed to be. I feel blessed to be your minister, to be able to, one of your ministers, to be able to, to be a part of this church. I really feel blessed. You know what I mean? I struggle some, but I feel blessed. I don't want to be anywhere. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? And I go to Sacramento, I go, bless their hearts, great church or whatever, but I'm, I'm home. You know, I hit, I hit the Ontario airport, and I'm, I'm, I'm back at my church now. I love those people. Amen. God, take care of them. Do something awesome for them. I'll send them a card. But I'm home here, you know. You know what I mean? Because I feel blessed in that, in the, in that way. But I, I, I can look back at my recent history and know if this hadn't happened and that hadn't happened, what, at, which were at the time horrible things for me. 
horrible, painful, unbelievable, why is this happening, this is incredibly unfair type things, I wouldn't be here. And so, but I couldn't see that then. But I had to get to a point even then where I just had to hold on to God and say, okay, God, you, you know, you're, you're doing something. I'm, I can't fight you anymore. I just have to let you do what you do and, and trust that. And I think we all agree that you've been blessed in your lives by God putting you through difficult times. Right? I mean, when you're in the middle, you, if you're in the middle right now, you're going, okay, amen. <laughs> but sometimes, even though God's brought us through difficult, time, difficult things before, and we get through the other, and we go, okay, now I see the blood. Okay, okay, amen, amen. And then it happens again. We're going, oh, I don't know, I don't know. This one, this one seems worse than last one. And, and, then, and then I think sometimes, just as human beings, guys, sometimes we, we start withholding from God a little bit. We start going, I can't really give God a tithe here. I just, I can't. You know, I mean, you know what I'm saying? And then sometimes we get really heady about it. We go, well, if God really wanted me to be able to, he knows my heart is to do it, so he'd work it out so I can't. That's a false argument from Satan, you know. And there, there, there are all those rare situations where you, you literally you can't tithe. It's blood out of turnip kind of thing. But we can always give something. And, and quite frankly, most of us can give even more. And, and I, I don't, you know, to me... I think it's just a bad argument to say, well, the New Testament says we don't have to. And I don't think it says we don't have to, but I could agree in most instances that it doesn't say you do have to. But when Jesus talks about it, he's always talking, you know, his examples are always people giving everything they have or even more. And, you know, and so I, I just think that our heart needs to be, you know, yeah, we live in America. America's going through a tough time. For as far as most of us in our lives, this is about as tough as it, tough as it, tough as it's been. And we went through this when Jimmy Carter was president, but, you know, most of you, like me, were just a kid then. Um, but we don't, you know what I'm saying? So this is a t- the toughest time for us. But, wow, even still, compared to everyone else, right? We're so blessed. You know, I went through all those financial difficulties and, and never missed a meal. And from the standpoint of we just we, we have no money and no one will give us any food, you know, we just can't eat until God. It never happened. I never once, you know, had to spend the night on the street. You know, you know what I'm saying? It, it, it's incredible when I think about it because for a while we literally had no money. But something always worked out. You know, and so I, I think, you know, um, and we made some mistakes during that time that even led to some of the debt that we ended up in. You know, and so God always will take care of us if we allow him to do that. But I think we have to see that it's all God's. God's in control of everything, no matter how difficult your circumstances right now. But He never changes the standard according to the circumstances of our lives. He never allows us to love Him less, or to be less committed to Him, or to... Do you understand what I'm saying? And so I really want to encourage this church, I, you know... I'll be very, if it, you know, I will. I'll just be honest with you. I don't think the reason that the contribution is low is because it's not there. We, it's because we just don't have it. I believe it's because a lot of us aren't giving sacrificially. And you know what? We, I, I, that's not a guess. I know that's true. I can look at the numbers and, and, and see. I know people live much better than $20 a week and much better than even some 40 You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just nowhere near giving the way God's giving to you. Amen. It's nowhere near having the heart to bless others the way God has blessed you. It's nowhere near having the heart that God says giving a gift opens a door to the giver. And so 
we're not open, we're not even allowing God to open doors to us because we're not giving a true gift to God, a true sacrifice to God. And there are a lot of people that are. You know, Kevin understands our finances. You know, some of you guys, please don't. You know, there are not only going to be appropriate to, to, to name names, um, but sometimes we see certain people and we go, well, they're really blessed. You know, you, we, we, you have no idea how much they sacrifice, how much they give. You know, it, sometimes it coincides. And so I, I just think that I want to encourage us guys that we are trying to build a church here. We're not just trying to make a budget. We're not just, that budget has nothing to do with money overall. It has to do with building the church. We have that budget because those are, are those are the needs. And yeah, we, you know, we, we're all make sacrifices. I know you're making sacrifices in your life in different areas. But we don't want to shortchange God. Right? And, and, and I just want to encourage us. Uh, we'll talk more about this in the ensuing weeks. We'll send you out some quiet times. But I really want us just to remember that, that, you know what, God's in control here. I'm just going to do whatever I can to give everything I can to God. And, and if I don't know how I can do it, I'm going to get somebody to sit down with me in my finances. And if they can show me a way where I can really give more sacrificially to God, then I'm going to do it. And if they look at my budget and they go, you know what, you're in the situation you're in. You probably need to do some things here first. And then, then that's, I just want to be an obedient, good-hearted disciple. I want to be someone where, where, where it's not just me saying things, but God knows my heart is to give to Him first. Because I truly believe that God has given me everything that I have. And that God's in control of every circumstance in my life. And that ultimately it's all good because God's in control and God is good. Amen. So I hope you, I hope you remember this, even this Sunday. I, I pray that just from tonight we'll see a difference in our, in our offering this Sunday, and, and not just this Sunday, but the following Sunday, that, that there will be some repentance in here, and that the people that aren't sure what they need to be doing will get some input to make sure they're you know, doing what they need to be doing in God's eyes. Amen? Amen, church. So we'll go ahead and go. Um, we have a little time to go in our D groups, and then, uh, as always, when you pick up your, your babies in Kids' Kingdom, please thank